Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Double FM Sports. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jared Miserec. And today we have a very interesting um, show for you guys. Uh, we're just going to be laid down right now. First of all, we're going to preview um, a very important UFC fight, which marks the first like sporting event since uh, the virus hit. Um, then we're going to cover a little bit of news for you guys, take a little break. And then we are um, going to talk about uh, the best NBA teams through each decade. And finally, we're going to preview the NFL rosters for the AFC North. So this should be a good podcast. Uh, we're going to start off with the UFC fight. And obviously, since I don't really know anything about the UFC, I'm going to hand this over to JR. Yeah, so uh, like Ethan said, the UFC fight here is pretty big because I'm pretty sure one of, if not the first, major sporting event since the you know shutdown of sports with the coronavirus. So, and not, not only is it just like a UFC fight, I mean, we're talking some of the best fighters in the game right now, or at least best fighters throughout the years. The main card is Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje, and that's going to be an insanely fun fight to watch tomorrow. I know I'm definitely buying the pay-per-view with my uh, my family. We're going to be watching that. I'm personally pulling for Ferguson because I want Ferguson to fight Khabib, and I want Khabib to lose. Uh, there's a second card uh, title fight. It's Henry Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz. Again, it should be an insanely great fight. I personally think I'm going to be pulling for Henry Cejudo simply because he is the title holder. Um, those, are, those are the two championship fights. Some other notable ones are Francis Ngannou is fighting. He's he's a pretty big, big striker. I definitely am excited to watch him. I'm pretty sure his name is Jeremy Stevens. Uh, people might remember him from when Conor McGregor called him out during a press conference. I don't like him too that too much, so I'm hoping he loses his fight. In the prelims, we got two guys who lost on fight night back when McGregor fought. Uh, Cowboy Cerrone is fighting Anthony Pettis, and that's pretty much it for the big fights. Uh, I'm definitely excited to see them. It's going to be a good time tomorrow with sports back. I'm definitely going to love it. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for the UFC. Yeah. Not not too much, but definitely excited. Well, and I think, like, as we go into the news, like, a lot of sports have already, like, kind of created plans to um, come back. So that that's that, that's very exciting. And hopefully, yeah. like, hopefully it, like, happens. I mean, like, obviously, like, with this virus, we don't really know what's going to happen. Like, in a, we don't know what's going what's to be like in a month. It could be completely better. It could be worse. So, at least it's good there are plans being made for them to come, be ready to go. And that'll just bring the interest at sports fans again. It'll be really fun. Yeah, it's definitely really exciting to hear a bunch of these, you know, leagues with their plans. I mean, I know LeBron James came out last, uh, it it might have been last night or the night before, sometime recently, he said that their whole entire NBA is ready to try and do whatever they can to put on games for the fans, whether they're not in the stadium or if they are in the stadium. So I I think, Ethan, I'm, I'm speaking for both of us here when I say we're both pretty excited to at least be watching some stuff on TV that's not the occasional, like, game from 15 years ago. Yeah, because that's all he's has been airing right now. It's just, like, classic games. I mean, and I don't got a problem. They're interesting, I, I do, yeah. I, I, do, I do like watching some of the classics, but it's just, like, 
you know, when you watch the, like, when you watch a game and you see it on TV, like, five other times, it's just, like, uh, you kind of get bored. You kind of just want new stuff that you don't know what happens. Yeah, well, and I think how they might have to do it is they're going to have to play in states that are already reopened. Yeah. Like, I, I know I heard that they Florida. were talking about getting, like, a like a hotel for the NBA that has, like, a big, uh, that has a, uh, like, a theater room almost and turned the huge theater, like, a luxury hotel so yeah. that all the NBA teams can stay there and they can keep it confined to that hotel. Yeah, that's, that's a smart idea. And obviously, like, Florida and, like, Georgia and all those, uh, like, those southern more states are more, like, aren't tending to reopen uh, quicker than the northern states just because of temperature and stuff and po- population. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these games were kind of just played down there. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody can really agree with us when they say whatever, not whatever it takes, because that makes it seem like we're kind of pushing the issue, but whatever it takes, I don't know how to say it any better, whatever it takes to, you know, get sports back on. But doing it, but doing it as safely as possible. Yeah, of course we want. We are full. We are caring about the safety of the people. We don't want to. We don't want to see sports if it's going to cause people to get sick and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean that's base. That's kind of really all the news we have, just purely because. No, no, no. There's one more. Don't forget this. Uh, Legendary, in my opinion, future Hall of Fame. Uh, I think a lot of people like him, or not like him, but like like what he's done. Frank Gore has signed a one-year deal to uh, be with the Jets and reunite with Adam Gase. I think that's kind of cool. Uh, I mean, like I said, kind of, uh, in my opinion, he's legendary. He's a Hall of Famer, no doubt in my mind. So it's kind of nice to see him coming back for another year. Well, and also, I don't know if we want to talk about this, but obviously, like, since last time we've um, been on the podcast, there's been a series of NCAA basketball like allegations. Do we want to go into that? I'm sure we could. I know. I know. I saw. Was it there was six to seven teams that were had allegations against them, right? Uh, yes. Um, I, I, I know. Can't remember like, exactly what they were. I know. I'm trying to think. It was like... It's more, it's more recruiting stuff. Yeah, six basketball programs be notified for allegations for level one violations. Um, Let's see, what are the schools? Like, I think Louisville, yeah, Kansas, Louisville's, Arizona. Louisville's been in some trouble the last couple of years. Kansas. Um, Arizona. Because obviously that whole Sean Miller thing, and then I don't, I don't, I don't know the other. I don't, I don't remember what the other three were, but I think it was like one was like Oklahoma State or something. It was like it was not Oklahoma State. I know it's not Oklahoma State because with all due respect to them, besides Cade Cunningham, they've had nobody to even pay money to. That's come that's there. true. Um. Yeah, but like that'll be interesting to see how that unfolds because obviously, like. If like if it does come out that they did do this, um, that they I, they could face punishments such as banned from tournaments, um, yeah. or like I don't know like 
I don't know if they they I think they'd still play the season. I don't know if it'd just count for anything. No, there's no way they could they they couldn't do that to those kids. And if they did, I'm assuming they would allow immediate transfers to the people that weren't involved. Oh yeah. Like I know it's not the same, it's not the same as the allegations. I don't really I don't really know what went down, but when Danny Manning, the old Wake Forest coach, got fired a couple of weeks ago, I think it was last week, maybe a week and a half ago. Their uh, center, Olivier Saar, has he he uh, basically announced he was transferring simply because of the coaching change, and he's now he's now a Kentucky commit, and so I'm assuming I haven't seen anything. I don't know if anything's come out yet, but I, I'm assuming he'll be granted immediate eligibility because it was based on a coaching change. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure too. Yeah. So and then the other thing that I don't know. I, I personally, I like the stuff when wasn't Sean Miller paying like DeAndre Aiden like hundred like a hundred like an insane amount. Of money yeah, to yeah, school. yep. That that stuff I get the problem with. But when you're just helping a kid, when you're helping a kid pay for school, and it's not like an insane amount like that. Like I don't. I personally don't have a huge problem with. Like I, like I said. If you're paying a kid a hundred thousand bucks to go to school just to go to your basketball school, that's a little ridiculous. But like, if he needs a little bit of financial aid, and you can provide that for him, like if, if they need like, you know, an extra thousand dollars a year, and you gave him four thousand bucks to come to college to play basketball, I think that's you, fine. I pers- yeah, I personally don't have a problem with that. Like that whole now, when you, like when it becomes all about money, that's when I have a problem which obviously I don't think there's anything you can do to stop it when you would allow that. But I don't have a problem with paying a kid a little bit. Well, obviously, I, I wasn't, I don't, I, I think, like, I, the Jameis Wiseman situation. That was terrible, in my opinion. Absolutely terrible. He deserves to play basketball. Yeah, that's what I thought, college. too. That, that was, that was, I thought that was ridiculous, but. Yeah. So, I don't, do you have any more news? Or are we good? Um, the only other news that I can think of is the fact that the German Bundesliga has set a date for, I believe it's eight days from now, when we're filming this, May 16th, that they're looking to return without fans. So that's definitely exciting. I know I'll be on TV, and if there's any German soccer on, I definitely will be turning it on because I got to get my daily dose of sports. Yeah, I think I, th- I think I I think I can speak for everyone more like everyone needs a daily dose of sports yeah. at this point just because of how long like we've never really gone without sports for multiple months. Honestly, I think it's it, I don't think we've even gone without sports ever. I mean, if you think about it, yeah, like basketball season, the NBA crosses over with the NFL, and then the NBA crosses into baseball. Or at least it's pretty close to the and baseball then base, baseball, baseball kind of gets you through the summer. Yeah, and then you have things like soccer and hockey and other sports that are just mixed in between there. I think we've pretty much had sports our whole entire lives going on at some point. And now we have them for the past two months, and it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I don't, it's, I don't, I don't like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't think anybody does, and if they do, I want to have a sit-down conversation with them. If they don't like it, they like the fact that there's no sports on. Well, I mean, like, I mean, the fact, like, and also the fact is, like, pretty much 
every athlete for whatever league is like wanting to play again at this point. Yeah. Like they want they want to be back like on wherever they're playing. So it's like I mean I know, I understand like I I, I want to get to come back as soon as possible, but then again we have to we have to worry about the safety and stuff. So we got to make sure safety is top priority. So if we can if yeah. we can do it in a safe way, I'm all for it, but Obviously, if we can't do it in a safe way, I, I, I'm not necessarily sure. I, I think we can wait a little while longer. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. Yeah. Do we, uh, how about we go to our uh, special message from our our great sponsor, Anchor. All right. All right, thank you uh, for listening to that special message. We are back. Um, and like we said uh, at the beginning, we're going to be going over the best NBA teams of of each the past like five to six decades from the 1960s all the way up to the 2010s so um let's get into it starting with the uh, 1960s and obviously this this one really is not that hard of a decision really isn't um um this team won the finals in that decade nine of the ten years and that team for me is the boston celtics yeah I uh, I think that's that's pretty obvious when you got a guy like Bill Russell who is arguably one of the greatest centers of all time. He's you know the the winningest athlete in NBA history when it comes to uh, team championships. I mean, they won the title. I know it's not just a decade, but I'm pretty sure it's what eleven times. Yeah. I mean that that's that's insanely impressive, and I'm not knocking the fact that there's the Knicks. Like the Knicks had, or not the Knicks, the Lakers. My bad. The Lakers had a pretty good team with Jerry West and Elgin Baylor, but I just I don't think it compares to the the stacked team of the Celtics back in the sixties. Yeah. So moving on to the nineteen seventies. Um, I mean, this is this is this is actually a tough decision. There are plenty of teams. Um. There were only two multiple title winners during the 1970s, and that was the Knicks and the Celtics. Um, however, the Washington Bullets reached the finals four times, but only won the NBA Finals once. Um, I mean, I it's for me, it's probably between the Knicks and the Celtics. Or maybe the Bullets, because they did reach the finals four times, but they only won once. I don't know. I don't know. I... I'm personally looking off of 2K's all-time rosters, so maybe I'm, like, missing things for whatever reason, but I'm looking here, and I'm seeing two teams from the early 70s, the 70-71 the, the Bucks and the 70-71 Lakers, and although it's just one year of a team, I mean, like, that Bucks team was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with... Oscar Robinson, two of the greatest uh, players to ever play the game, and same with the Lakers, it was Wolf Chamberlain with Jerry Luke or Jerry West, and Elgin Baylor was on that team. If I if if I had to go by like a year, I think I would pick the Milwaukee Bucks simply because, in my opinion, Oscar Robertson and Green Bluebar are like top fifteen players all time, both, but. I mean, I, I would like to say my bullets back in the day, which really were the Wizards, 
when they won their only championship. But I mean, like you said, the Knicks and the Celtics are both. That was that was their heyday before, or at least the Knicks fell off to what we know now. Oh, and that's not good at all. No. <laughs> like the Knicks are. I don't, I don't want to kind of be mean, but like the Knicks aren't necessarily. <laughs> they're considered the Joker on the NBA at this point. Oh, for sure. There's nothing mean about that. Even Knicks fans, I'm sure, has accepted that. Stephen A. Smith knows it. Yeah, I'm definitely sure he does. <laughs> All right, moving on to the '80s. Um, obviously this was a pretty heavy. Like this is where the Boston LA rivalry really came to light. I, in my opinion, um, yeah. However, I'm gonna give my edge slightly to the Lakers purely because they made the finals eight times during the '80s and went and won five of the visits. On Boston, although did win. They made the final five times, but they only won it three times. So, right, I'm gonna give it to the Lakers here. I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking. I see the start of the Bulls, but it's not the Bulls we know from the '90s. So, I think that's probably one of the better teams in the '80s. But I mean, you're talking Larry Bird's Celtics versus Magic Johnson's Lakers. I do notice that the eight, the '88, the how many eights did I just say? The 88 to 89 Bulls, or not Bulls, the Pistons. Jeez, if I could speak. That was the start of the bad boy Pistons. I mean, you got guys like Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, Dennis Rodman, Bill Lambeer on that team at that point. But I think that's me just liking the fact of how they played rather than how good they were. I think I'm going to give the edge to Magic Johnson and those Lakers as well. Don't get me wrong, the Celtics are very, very good. But when you got guys like Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, along with guys like James Worthy, who were, you know, good role players on that team, I think they have the edge just a little bit. Yeah. So moving on to the nineteen nineties, um, obviously there there's a lot of contenders here. However, I'm gonna say the um the Bulls. Uh, uh, take this one. I mean, they just showed dominance in the '90s. Obviously, we all know why due to Michael Jordan. Um, obviously, you do have teams like the Bad Boy Pistons. Um, I mean, the Lakers were still decent. Celtics were still decent back then. Um, towards the end, that's when you started to see the Spurs, and I mean, and then and towards the end, the Lakers started to form up again. But um, overall, I'd say the Bulls. Yeah, I think it's a pretty obvious pick, especially because they won six championships in the 90s. That's, you know, more than half of what they could have won. The Bulls are kind of the obvious pick. Now, Ethan, I got a question for you. Yep. What what year of the Bulls do you think was the best Bulls team? Because they're, I mean, the team that they, the team that they played with in, like, the early 90s was pretty different from the team. I would say the 96 team. The 96 team that won their last championship. No, they won in 98. Or, they're, the, like, the last three people for, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Honestly, I don't know. Between me... For me, it's the 95-96 team and the 92-93 team. Because, I mean... The only thing that I, I don't know... I. Horace Graham was on the 92-93 team. 
I thought he was pretty good. Now, obviously, they didn't have Dennis Rodman at that time. So I think I think I'll give the edge to the 95-96 because Dennis Rodman, in my opinion, is one of the, if not the best rebounder ever, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I totally give it to I, I that's why I said the ninety six bulls. So yeah. um moving on to the two thousands. I would I would honestly probably say I'd say the Lakers, because again they won like cause they made three finals appearances from two thousand eight to two thousand ten and also back to back titles in two thousand one and two thousand two. I mean, obviously, like, yeah. again, there are some decent teams here, but I-, I think the Lakers slightly were above everyone else. Yeah, I'm looking through the teams right now. I mean, I don't really see anybody that's... I mean, you got, like, the Spurs. The Spurs were pretty good back then in the 2000s. Yeah, David uh, Robinson and Duncan. They the same caliber. I know, I know. I I said this once with my uh, Wizards, but I, I do got to shout out Wizards two thousand six, two thousand seventeen. They were pretty good, at least in my opinion. How far did so they go? Not, I don't know how far they went, but that was the team back when they had Gilbert Arenas, Antoine Jameson, Karam Butler. So I mean, that might just be me liking those guys and thinking that they're good. But in my opinion, that's a good team, but definitely not the best that the two thousand saw. I think simply because at one point the Lakers had not only Kobe and Shaq, but they had guys like Carl Malone and uh, Gary Payton at the end of their career to be good role-playing veterans. I say the Lakers edge out the Spurs. Yeah. All right. Well, then move on to the last decade with the 2010s. Um, I'm, I'm torn here between two teams obviously because the early 2010 saw the dominance of the Miami Heat with LeBron James Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade but more recently obviously we all know about the Golden State Warriors kind of taking over obviously setting a new record for wins on winning a couple championships so I'm kind of I'm split here um overall I'm going to say overall, the Heats, I feel like they've always been, like, decent. But, like, because early in the 2010s, they were good, and then they've always been, like, decent. So, and obviously the Warriors had struggles early in the 2010s, and now they're struggling a bit too now, so. I I wouldn't wouldn't discredit the Warriors for struggling now, though. I mean, Curry That is true, yeah, yeah. He was out for a good portion of the season. Thompson was out for a good portion of the season. I mean, for me, I'm looking at four to four different teams right now. I'm looking at the Warriors, obviously, three-time NBA champs. That kind of puts them there. I'm looking at the Spurs because this is back when they had uh, Tim Duncan and Kawhi Leonard yeah. and Tony Parker. And that's Manu. a good team. Yeah, that, that's a good team. I'm definitely looking at the Heat. The Heat will always be in the conversation for top team in the 2010s. But I, I am looking at a team, and I, I know they didn't win a single title, but I am just looking at this Thunder team from 2011 to 2012, 
I mean, KD, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Serge Ibaka, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I know they didn't win a title, but I, I think at least today, if you played those four guys, I think they would be better than any team. That was in the 2010s. Well, yeah, and the, the only problem with them was they were just a young team. So if, if they could have stuck together, they would have they would have been like a dominant force. Obviously, with James Harden leaving, then Kevin Durant, um, and ultimately Russell yeah. Westbrook leaving that team too. I mean, like, Thunder fans are always gonna like look back at that time and like wonder had we kept everyone, how good would we have been? Yeah. And they probably would have won like a couple championships, I would say. So honestly, I don't, I don't think we would have seen would, would we have seen the dominance of the Heat or would we have seen the dominance of the I, Spurs? Yeah, I I think we would have cuz obviously like um cuz during the first early years like the Thunder were trying to grab their bearings, so I think the Heat still would have won. We might have... I'm saying we might have not seen the dominance of the Warriors. I don't... I don't know. That was, like, five years later. I feel like by that team, by that time, then they're going to start wanting to get paid too much, and then people are going to want to start going places. That's true. I don't know. I don't even know who I'm going to pick yet. I still haven't picked a team. I mean, they're just... There's so many good... There's... Like the early two thousands, like we said, had two pretty decent, pretty good teams. At least when you look back on them, the Thunder and the Heat. Then you got mid two thousands with the Spurs, and then the Warriors late two thousands. And obviously, we you, we still have the cat. Like the Cavs are could even be checked in the conversation too. No, no. Well, they had a short period of dominance. No, they didn't. That was that's not a good Cavs team. That's LeBron James and Kyrie Irving playing well. In my opinion, at least, I don't. I don't think that Cavs team was anything good. I just think it was Kyrie Irving and LeBron playing good basketball. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, I'm going with the Heat. Um, I just think because they've been pretty consistent for the past ten years. I'm gonna go with the Spurs. To be honest, I mean. Like like you said, the Warriors weren't super consistent towards the beginning. I mean, the Thunder the Thunder had their moments, but they never were like a title contender. The Spurs and the, the Heat obviously won championships in two thousand ten. I think the only thing that gets me over the fact that the that like I'm picking the Spurs is because like we said, they had Duncan. Leonard, Tony Parker, Monty Ginobili, and in my opinion, one of the top two greatest, maybe top three greatest coaches of all time, and Greg Popovich. I think I'm, I think I'm gonna go with the Spurs to be honest. Right. I mean, also you got like this is a this is an interesting one, but also like especially towards the beginning, the Mavericks were looking pretty good as well. But yeah, back when Dirk was in his prime, I mean, they beat. Uh, they beat LeBron in the title. Yeah. So Mavericks definitely were a good team early two thousands. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's that's pretty much all the decades. Obviously with the twenty twenty decade, there's probably gonna be some maybe new teams that start to show some dominance, or maybe you're gonna see the same faces from 
previous. We don't we don't know. Yeah, I don't think you can really speculate simply because, you know, next thing you know, tomorrow there could be a huge trade that, like, Steph Curry gets traded to, like, the Suns or something like that. And that you exactly. So I, don't, I don't think you can really speculate on what team will be the best team. Exactly. That's why, like, that. yeah, I'm just, I just, yeah, we don't know. There, could, mean, there could be I some mean, familiar faces winning titles or, or we or there could be new players. We just don't know. I mean, you got teams like right now, you got the Hawks that are young and very, you know, promising. You got teams, like I said, like the Suns that got young guys like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, but you just don't know what's going to happen. There are re-injuries, trades, free agency. There's really no way you can legitimately speculate what team will be, you know, the most dominant in the next 10 years. Yeah. So that, we're now going to move on to our final segment of the show in which we um, take a look at the rosters for the AFC North teams. Now, obviously, the AFC North, um, we did the NFC North, so we felt it was fitting to do the AFC North, and also, this is going to be a new thing in which we, we're going to try our best to do the roster outlook for every team and do it by division, but we can't guarantee it, because as soon as news comes back, we're going to be mainly talking about news, so... We'll see how it goes, but for now, we're just going to go with the AFC North, and then that'll be it. So, uh, let's get into it. So, uh, what team do we want to do first? I say, as much as you probably hate talking about them, I think we should start with, you probably hate talking about every single team but the Steelers, but I think we should start with the uh, division-winning Ravens, just because they top the division. I gotta be honest. I'm looking at the Ravens roster, and it's gotta be one. It's it's, it's honestly to me even scarier than what it was last year. I mean, the quarterback situation obviously is insane. I mean, they have three guys who can play out. You know, they're athletic quarterbacks in Trace McSorley, Robert Griffin, and Lamar Jackson. They're all pretty similar in the state. They fit pretty well in the scheme. I personally don't understand why, but I do like this guy. They did pick up Tyler Huntley, the Utah quarterback. He had a great season this past year at Utah. So, I mean, good for him. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at you're looking at the running back situation. Oh boy. Again, also kind of very very scary just because of how many options they have. I mean, between Mark Ingram, who is getting old. I mean, you got Gus Edwards. They drafted J.K. Dobbins, and I'd even give some credit to Justice Hill. The running back situation is scary. Wide receivers, I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical on them. Marquise Brown's all right. Devin Duvernay is pretty good coming out of Texas. Uh, I gotta be honest. I, I know people probably don't know him, but the they uh, they drafted James Prochet out of SMU. I'm pretty sure he's like fifth or sixth round. He's he's got some high upside, so I don't know if he'll get to play much, but I would like to see him play. And then obviously, uh, Mark Andrews and their offensive line are good. So at least for me, their offense is solid all around. Yeah, defensive line obviously picking up. Oh, that's a great idea. Why don't I you talk about the offense? I'll talk about the defense. Sounds good to me. All right, sweet. So the defense obviously picking up guys like Calias Campbell, or for the defensive line, picking up guys like Calias Campbell and Derek Wolf are really gonna bolster your team obviously you got guys like brandon williams um justin ellis so your, your team's looking your defensive line's looking pretty good linebackers now obviously you got guys like 
uh, Matt Judon. You picked up uh, Patrick Queen in the draft, who's a great guy at LSU. You got guys like LJ Fort, Fort, excuse me, and Tyus Bowers. LJ Fort's not that good, is he? I think he's pretty decent. Uh, he's not bad. What are you talking about? He had, he had 22 tackles last year. Hey, I, I'm just I'm just throwing out all the stuff. I'm throwing out everything for them. Linebacking core is probably their linebacking core is probably their weakest part of their um defense, but uh, honestly, I'd say it's their defensive line just because of their age. Yeah, me yeah. Then obviously their secondary is like insane. Uh, guys like Marlon Humphrey, Anthony Levine, Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, and obviously like guys like Earl Thomas. All of them are starting to get a little old, but. They're still they're still kicking, still playing well. So and then obviously special teams. I mean, what else can you say? Justin Tucker, arguably one of the best kickers to ever play the game, and obviously like the greatest kicker to ever play the game. Oh no, not again. Um, and obviously like you got like a fifteen year veteran out of Nebraska, which are which one of our friends would like, and Sam Cock, Coke, um, Cook, Cook. Sorry. Um. So and obviously he's a veteran, so he's. He's pretty good. So, Ravens team pretty good. Obviously, um, when they go last year, twelve and four. Yeah, or fourteen and two, wasn't it? Fourteen and two. Excuse me. Um, yeah, wait. Is it fourteen and two? I'm confused now. Yeah, well, fourteen and two. Um, fourteen. I don't know if they can do fourteen and two again. Why wouldn't they? Well, I mean, like. I don't know, it's rare for teams to have back-to-back 14 two years. I mean, but in my opinion, they didn't lose anybody, and they only gained. They lost. They, they lost Marshall Yonda. I mean, but, I mean, but he's one guy on the offensive line, and I'm not. I'm not saying I hate the offensive line. They're like you know, they're not a big part, but I don't know. To me, as as big as Marshall Yonda probably was. I don't really see them getting any worse. I mean, maybe 13-3, but I could see the Ravens repeating the season they had this past year. Do you think they make the Super Bowl? I think they're definitely a Super Bowl contender. Well, we thought we, make the Super then Bowl. again, we thought yeah. that last year, but... I mean, they still were a Super Bowl contender. They just got beat by a Titans team that wasn't going to lose to anybody. Yeah. And obviously, there's always... I'm not saying I'm, I'm I'm agreeing with this, but there's always been questions about Lamar Jackson's ability to play in the playoffs. No, there hasn't. That's because he lost one game last Two. year. He lost. He's lost. He every playoff. He's never won a playoff game. But he's only played two. Well, yeah, but I. Well, I think, no, no, no. I'm not saying I agree with this. I'm just saying some people think he plays much better in the regular season than he does in the playoffs. I think that's. I think that's. Fiction. I think Lamar Jackson's just young, and just you know, there there are games. I mean, you can't expect the guy to go out and you can't expect the guy to go out and have a perfect season, win the Super Bowl. Shout out Don Shula, rest in peace. Uh, oh yeah, that just happened. That that's that's very sad. That happened a little bit ago, but you can't expect guys to uh, you can't expect guys to go do that. Like I get that you expect them if they have a good regular season to have a good playoff run, but. When you win 14 games, you're bound to lose a game. It just happens to be in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I think the Ravens will be back next year. So. Yeah. Hope, yeah. Well, not hopefully, hopefully, but. I was about to say. 
Nah, uh, and that moves on to our next team, second place in that division with the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, uh, my favorite team and one of JR's favorite teams. Um, yes, sir, hometown. So, I mean, you can talk about the offense if you want. I don't know that there's much to talk about, but. My opinion, I hate it. Gotta be real. Ben, I mean, hopefully, maybe, maybe, maybe he has a good season this year. In my opinion, I think he's it's just time to retire. The Steelers need to find somebody, whether it's Mason Rudolph or Devlin Hodges, Paxton Lynch, or JT Barrett. Yes, there are five quarterbacks on a roster. Someone, someone needs to fix that. <laughs> Running back, Ethan, I've told, I've told you this multiple times. I love the James Conner story. It's it's the mo- one of the most inspiring stories in football. But in my opinion, he is not a running back number one that can continue through a whole entire season. Well, obviously, I like I, I don't know if all you guys have been keeping up with the uh, the trade rumors, but obviously, like there were some rumors going around a little while ago about possibly a Leonard Fournette trade, um, and now they declined his fifth year option. So we'll see how that's that. Not, that's not good. that's not gonna happen. I, I don't think we're I don't think we're gonna get Leonard Fournette, but obviously there's just there have been rumors going around. I have heard rumors though that there is another running back, one who has put his legacy. You know, he's got his legacy in the NFL. I've heard rumors that after Shady uh, said he's not going back, like after the Chiefs and Shady's tenure was done last year, I've heard some rumors that the Steelers could be looking to sign former Eagles. Yes. Uh, in state rival running back Shady McCoy. And oh, no I, you know what that. I just realized? I realized what? we have a we have a totally another because obviously the NFL schedules came out yesterday. Yeah. Oh no. Um, we'll talk about that in the next podcast because obviously we have some time. But yeah, wide receiver though, Ethan again. You know. I don't, I don't like the Chase Claypool pick. I think they could have picked better, especially when they have wide receivers like Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, and Deontay Johnson, who aren't that bad of wide receivers. I mean, I don't know why you would need to add one, I think. I think it's a solid wide receiving core, not one of the best in the league, but definitely a solid one. Mm. Uh, finally, tight end. I think the only position on offense that the Steelers really picked up a guy that would help Eric Ebron, obviously a big playmaker, formerly of the Colts. And you obviously so, have pants for that, Donald still. That's good. Oh, that was a good pickup. Yeah, the I think that was smart. Is, the offensive line is still pretty decent. They're getting up there in age, but they're still, you know, they're kicking and doing their thing. Well, yeah, because we, we have Marquise Pouncey. We picked up Steven... Wisniewski, we have Alejandro Villanueva, obviously David DeCastro, um, and uh, our right offensive tackle is Matt Filer, but that's not that good. But um, hey, don't hate on Matt Filer. <laughs> I don't hate on any of these players, whether I like them or not. But all right, moving on to the defense. Obviously, the Steelers had a um, I mean. They had a, uh, I'd say a pretty good defense. I don't know if they they were the best defense, but they were pretty good. That's is that fair? Yes, I would say the Patriots were better defense than them. The Steelers did have a pretty good defense, especially turning over wise last year. Yeah. So defensive line, you got guys like Cameron Hayward, who's uh, starting to get old. Picked up Chris Wormley. You got a um, Stephon Tuitt, who I believe was was hurt last year, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, or some, there was something with him. 
So, good defensive line. Um, linebackers, obviously, uh, uh, you got the, um, the two edge rushers, kind of, um, in TJ Watt and Bud Dupree, um, who's obviously very good. And obviously, Devin Bush is a solid... Um, he, he he looked very good playing middle linebacker. From what I see, he saw flashes of potential. So I think he could be good in the future. I still hate him. Well, yeah, because he's out of Michigan. That's that's the only reason, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, and because he went to the center field of the Spartan Stadium and ripped up the logo. Classless. The only, uh, the only problem is we don't really have that second like middle linebacker, obviously, with... Um, Ryan Jazier getting hurt a couple of years ago. Um, I mean, Vince Williams has tried to cover that hole, but obviously, like, Ryan Chazier was arguably one of the better middle linebackers in the league, so that's going to be pretty tough to do. So, and moving on to the secondary, obviously, again, the secondary's um, kind of old. You got um, solid guys such as uh, Joe Hayden, Steve Nelson, Mike Hilton, um, then your safeties are actually looking pretty young with, um, Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick. So secondaries, again, I think this has been, um, a, a theme with the Steelers defense. They're starting to get old, but they're still good for right now. And then obviously special teams, we're looking at, um, Jordan Berry and Chris Boswell two, I'd say middle of the ground, second, um, punters and kickers in the league. So Steelers eight and eight. Um, probably not going to have the best season we've ever seen. I'm seeing maybe 9-7. and seven. Fair enough. I'd definitely say the Steelers are uh, above or at 500 teams. And obviously but... with like the addition of the 7th playoff team, they could maybe slide in as the number 7 seed, but who knows. I can see it, yeah. And then obviously moving on to... Um, one of the most hyped up teams last year, but did not live up to the potential. The uh, the Cleveland Browns. Personally, since we are looking at this on paper, the Browns should be one of the best teams there are. Yeah. And because we don't have anything else really to go against that, I'm gonna say the Browns are maybe gonna gel together this season and put together a really good season. I mean, Baker Mayfield had a bad season last year, and people hate on him because of it. My... But it's just one season to be like, he just threw too many interceptions. And My only problem that with that is, like, I feel like that's what everyone was saying last year, and then this happened. What do you mean, though? Like, everyone was saying that the Browns were going to win the Super Bowl. I know, like, you were on the Browns hype train. Well, that's because there's legitimate hype. Well, I wasn't, and I was right. You weren't because you're a Steelers fan. That's not the reason. I just didn't think. I just said, I've said it millions of times. The Browns have had good teams before, but then again, they're the Browns. They always find a way to mess okay, it up. But, but that's your, first off, that's your Steelers bias because, you know, you don't like watching the Browns succeed. But, I mean, look at this. When you have Baker Mayfield, a former Heisen winner at quarterback, you got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That running back, you know, arguably one of the best wide receiving cores in Jarvis Landry and Odell. And your tight ends are Austin Hooper and David Njoku, and the offensive line is looking insanely good with guys like Jedrick Wills, Jack Conklin, uh, what's 
his name? Oh, he retired. Joe, but Joel Batonio, I mean, that is a insanely good offense. I mean, Nick Chubb had a great year, and the only reason I think Odell and Jarvis didn't have a good, as great of a season as they could have is because Baker had a bad season. And I think Baker's going to bounce back. I mean, he's only 25. He's been in the NFL for, like, what, three years? That's it? I think Baker, I think he bounces back, and I think this offense has an insane year this year. I, I could see it, but then again, back to when you said he was a Heisman winning quarterback, you know who else was a Heisman winning quarterback that played for the Browns? Okay, well, Heisman's can play good and bad. I just think he's proven himself to be a good, a better quarterback than what he was last year. All right, well, obviously, if, if they do have another bad year this year, uh, uh, that could be Baker Mayfield out, maybe. But I doubt. It. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Personally, do you think? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't see them doing that to him. I mean, yeah. All right. Yeah, well, I, I don't. The defensive line, um, again looks looks pretty decent. Obviously, like Miles Garrett returning from his suspension. Um, Larry Ogunjobi, uh, who had a pretty good year last year, um. They picked up Adrian Claiborne, Olivier Vernon, um, Sheldon Richardson. So the defensive line is looking pretty good. Um, linebackers, uh, linebacking core is a little, a little on the weaker side. Yeah, the only the only person I think they lost linebacker wise was one of their better guys in Christian Kirksey and Joe Schobert. Oh, Joe Schobert. Too. Yeah, they only so, yeah, they, they only have five back. linebackers listed on their roster and. The oldest one has played five years. So what do you, you mean there's only five? I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I only have five. I see nine. Who Who's on there? Solomon Ajayi, Tay Davis, BJ Goodson, Jermaine Grace, Willie Harvey, Montreal Meander, Jacob Phillips, Sione Talkie talkie and Mac Wilson. I see. I don't have the, some of those guys on here, but I guess maybe maybe they do play. I don't know. It's on ESPN. So, all right. Then on the secondary, secondary's looking okay. Uh, you got guys like you got young guys like uh, Greedy okay. Williams and Denzel Ward. Okay, um, what are you talking about? Okay. Okay, they're good. Yes, they're good. You got two of the greatest young cornerbacks in the league, in my opinion, and Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams. You pick up Grant Delpit and you have Anderson Dejo and Carl Joseph. You can't be, you gotta be kidding me. You're going to give them just a good grade on that? Obviously, punters and kickers. I mean, Austin Seibert's not the best kicker we've seen. He's kicking, though. Give him got some credit. You're just hating on the Browns. That's you're just you're just loving the Browns. Well, I'm I'm recognizing talent where talent is. Yes, but everyone recognized talent where talent is last year, and look what happened. They had a bad season. It's one season. They almost made the playoffs the year before. The Steelers had a better season with Devlin Hodges than the Browns did. Okay, like I said, one bad season. You can't be judging teams off of one season. Well, exactly. That's why you can't judge the Ravens based on one season. Well, yeah, but it's still the same team that we thought it was last year. 
You know what I found interesting about the Ravens? They nearly had as many rushing yards as passing yards per game. Like, they were, like, nearly last in passing yards per game and first in rushing yards. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, they had 209 passing yards a game and 206 rushing yards a game. So what happens when you get athletic quarterbacks? My only fear for Lamar Jackson is that he's going to get hurt. I don't think Lamar Jackson will get hurt. I mean, I know we've seen it with guys. I, I don't I don't think... I mean, I know there's obviously some concern, but I feel like Lamar Jackson... I feel like he's seen what's happened. That'll play smarter than, you know, when we saw this generational scrambling quarterback come into the game. Yeah. All right, so moving on to the last team um, who finished last in the AFC North last year. We have the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, as... Many of you probably do know they got rid of uh, Andy Dalton, who's now playing for the Cowboys. Um, obviously, their quarterback is going to be Joe Burrow, who Heisman winner. Um, excited to see how he plays. Um, running backs, uh, your running back core is solid. You, oh wait, sorry, you're doing the offense. Go ahead. I'm sorry. First off, Joe Burrow, greatest college quarterback of all time. Stats, look at the stats. If you don't believe me, I mean, insane. Joe Barrow, huge upside. I'm excited to see him play in the AFC North next year. You said that the running back core is solid. Yeah. Joe Mixon was one of the best running backs in the league last year on the Bengals. They're, they're, Joe Mixon is better than solid. And Giovanni Bernard has not had a great season in the last couple of years, but he was... He was a good running back at one point, so I mean, at least a veteran presence there. The wide receiving core, honestly, it looks kind of scary, not going to lie. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and A.J. Green. A.J. Green's getting a little bit up there in age, but I don't think that, yeah, that's a worry. You're, you're missing a wide receiver. Who? John Ross. John Ross is fast, and that's about it. Yeah, but he's a he's a good deep threat. No, he's not. Just because you can run fast doesn't make you a good deep threat. I like him, but... You like him because he broke the 40. <laughs> well... Am I, am I wrong? Well... What else What else have you heard about John Ross besides breaking the 40-yard dash? I don't know. He, I just think he's explosive. He's explosive off the line of scrimmage. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, the man had 28 catches last year. Yeah, that's true. I mean, besides that, tight end, Tyler Eifert's gone, so there's a little bit of a hole there, but you got you got some solid guys at least. I, I don't think anyone's special, but I mean not bad. I don't even know who played for them last year that much. Yeah. I'm trying to find out. I don't really see a tight end that played that much that's still on the roster. So that that's a little bit worrying. The offensive line is solid, not bad, definitely not great. Alright. Moving yeah, on the to... offense the offense is good in my opinion. Yeah. It's a good The defense, um obviously defensive line, Geno Atkins, Carlos Dumlap, Carl Lawson, um, DJ Reader, um, those guys are all very good so um then linebackers again like the browns you got josh Bynes, 
and Jordan Evans, but apart from and uh, you did draft Logan Wilson, um, and Akeem Davis Gaither, but they're they're the linebacking core is definitely a little weaker, but then move on to the secondary, you got again a little weaker. You got like Mackenzie Alexander, Sean Williams, William Jackson. So again, so, yeah, the secondary is a little weak too, but. And then you got like Kevin Huber as a punter and Randy Bullock as a kicker, um, both near both almost ten year veterans, so uh, obviously very solid players. So, oh, we forgot to say like what record the Browns and the Bengals were gonna go this year. Um, Bengals, I would say go seven and nine. Bengals, I say, go 6-10. and ten. I don't think they're going to, like, make the huge switch and, like, maybe have a winning record in one year with Joe Burrow's quarterback. I definitely think that will probably happen. I just don't think it'll be his rookie year. Yeah, I'm the same way. The Browns, though, the Browns, I, I legitimately, Ethan, I know you hate I, I know you hate this because you just don't want to believe the fact that Browns team on paper is one of the best teams in the NFL, but the Browns, I can legitimately see going like 10 and 6. Yeah, I think there's a possibility there could be three AFC North teams in the playoffs, possibly. Yeah, I can see that. Honestly, there could be four, but the Bengals would have to pick themselves up. Can there be four? With, with the new wild card, you get the division winner, and the AFC North could take the four. Now, I don't know if that. No, would I thought there's only three. There's only three wild cards. Oh, yeah, there's three. There's three wild cards. Oh, so yeah, it could happen. I just that would be insane now, if the whole AFC North made it. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, though, based on conference schedule, I don't know how well. I don't know if that. I I I think maybe three. I don't think yeah. I think I don't think all four can make it. I think maybe three can. Yeah, I definitely, I I'm thinking the Bengals are probably for this year. The Bengals are probably going to be the team that doesn't make it. Um, just because Joe Burrow's young still, and he's going to be trying to find his ground. But obviously, like in the next couple years, the Bengals could be. They could move up, and obviously, the Steelers getting older, they're probably going to be keeping on the decline. So. Yeah, I think the like in a couple years, the Steelers could be the worst team in the AFC North. As sad as that is, say that I, I'm I'm accepting the fact that they probably are going to be the worst team in the AFC North. I'm not going to fight you on that. Yeah, I I just yeah I don't I yeah I think they're going to be I think they're going to be the worst in a couple of years unless they somehow like find another diamond in the rough in terms of a quarterback. But obviously, then again, like we always say, in the next couple of years, we don't know how every anything's going to be with injuries and, and free agency and stuff. So. We'll see. Yeah. But the A um the AFC North, apart from the Steelers, is all young and talented and the teams of the future, so Yeah, the Steelers just kinda riding so now the defense is decently young, but the de- the the defense will still kick for another five, six years, but the offense well no. The offense the wide receivers are young. It's it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's our quarterback. I feel, like, I feel like the problem is Although the offense is somewhat young, like wide receiver and running back, O line, I think they're solid. O line's old. That's a problem. Yeah. So, um, I think that wraps it up. Um, yeah, I don't got anything else. 
for yeah, I, I don't really have anything else for today's podcast. Um, we hope you enjoyed watching. Um, we're gonna try to get some listening. Listening, sorry. Um, we're hoping to maybe get some more special guests on here. Hope yeah, I think I think this was our was this our first ever episode with two people. No, well, no, no, because whenever you had brain surgery. Besides besides surgery, like, this is the first ever episode that we could help not having two people. Yeah. We couldn't couldn't do anything about having two people before. Yeah, and obviously, like, um, with Todd taking his hiatus right now, um, we hope to have him back soon. But, yeah, um, for now, it could be just us, or maybe our next podcaster could be, like, we could maybe get Carson or Jordan back again. Um, but, uh, we'll see how it goes. We, um, we hope you enjoy it being us too, just us too. But if you don't let us know, and we'll try to get other people on. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's, that's, I, I think that's all I have. I'm trying to think, obviously we'll talk about the NFL schedules next podcast. Yeah, I'm just looking through sports updates. I'm trying to make sure we, I didn't miss anything, but I don't think I did. Yeah, I, I honestly think I think that that's pretty much it. All right. That's all well, got. thank you for listening to us. Uh, we hope you had a good time. Um, and so, so signing off for Double FM Sports, I'm Ethan Fager. I'm Jeremy. And we'll see you next time.